Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey, author of Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics and Fantastic Four Grand Design. Today we're going to take a look at uh, Jim Shooter's earliest uh, professional comics uh, at the age of 14. But first, we invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please hit the bell icon so that we can notify you when new videos are available. That will mitigate the kayfabe effect, which is what happens whenever we talk a about a comic. Uh, the video goes live. Often these comics become prohibitively expensive on the aftermarkets, Amazon, eBay, your local comic shop would have you. So get in early and uh, you get for the first dibs. If you watch these videos to the very end, you're helping us to push our YouTube content out to a wider audience. That helps the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel grow a subscriber base, which uh, in turn makes it possible for us to continue bringing you uh, these videos. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at Adventure Comics 346, which does signify the earliest professional efforts of a 14-year-old Jim Shooter who came armed with basically comics that were drawn on typing paper that he submitted to DC Comics. And lo and behold, old, that old grizzled cuss Mort Weisinger liked the stuff bought the stuff and commissioned the boy to uh, make comics regularly it's by issue uh the letters page in issue uh 349 where the editors mentioned that you know th this comic was written by a 14 year old kid jim mm -hmm. shooter yeah we've talked about it in like a previous episode but like why they didn't shout that from the rooftops you know have his picture and like this could be you right you know? absolutely man Absolutely. And uh, such a pleasure to read these professionally produced yes. comics done by a kid. I was actually thinking, Tom, about like the generations of Pittsburgh cartoonists. Yes. And which generation, like how, like what's the, what's the family tree? And, and where does Jim Shooter lie on that family tree? Where do we lie yeah. on that family tree? So let's play a game real quick. Okay. So, so here's, here's my thoughts. And, and, <laughs> and fill, in the, fill in the blanks, okay. dude, if, if I'm wrong. So Gen, Gen 1, that's Jackie Orms and Matt Baker. That's Generation 1 of Pittsburgh cartoonists. And, okay. Matt, and Matt Baker, he's from, he's from Homestead. So me and him are the only Homestead boys. I'm going to say that Jim Shooter is Generation 2. And he's the only person in Generation Two. I don't know any other Pittsburghers mm -hmm. who were uh, make make a comics in like like the sixties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, comics was such a closed shop, right? Know? New York centric. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm happy to extend that to people born in Pittsburgh that like went to New York. But uh, who's who's the other guy? Steve Ditko. It, Ditko's it might be the close closest. Enough. Yeah, you could drive there uh, <laughs> quite easily from here. So Gen Three. Do we claim Paul Galassi because he went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh? Do you uh, claim of, him? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if you got a cheesesteak, you're a Pennsylvania cartoonist. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that that's, you know, Galassi, if you want to put him there. Uh, Ron Friends. Yeah. And Joe J Jesco. Mm -hmm. And Pat Olive. Is mm -hmm. that, is that yeah. fair? Mm -hmm. The next generation would be Scott McDaniel. And who else from his... Any, any, I get maybe he's it's Pat, Pat Olaf, Scott McDaniel, mm -hmm. and then with the next round, it's us. Right. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. And you're you're at the forefront of like our general because you got that Zero Grant when I was the, Grant, a, a, yeah. a senior in high school still. Yeah. I'm a year older than Jim. 
Uh-huh. So I'm his senior. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's just one of those fun lineage things to think about, man. And and uh, Jim Shooter, Mount Lebanon boy. The, spoiled. Spoiled, yeah. <laughs> Mount- uh, uh, now, see, I've all these years been picturing him as, like, you know, hard scrabble, like his dad's a miner or something. If you're right. telling me he's from Mount Lebanon? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. forget about it. Yeah, he's bougie, man. So, so like, you know, he, he creates his own mythology. When he talks about right. his dad working at the mill, his dad probably ran the mill yeah. and, and, and told those guys who lost their fingers to get back to work. He ran the shooter mill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's get let's get to the comic. Sure, yeah. Heck of a freaking comic. So much fun. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make. In stores now, Tom Scioli has Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, complete biography about the, the man behind the Marvel Universe in one handy bound volume, two, 300 pages worth of material there. Fantastic Four Grand Design is still on stands. That is Tom's version of the complete Fantastic Four story in one handy volume. On the racks right now is Red Room Trigger Warnings, four issues of that on your local comic shop racks at this very moment. But the Trigger Warnings trade paperback is coming out September 2022. And Jimmy has Hulk Grand Design, Monster and Madness are in your comic shops today. The single issues, 40 pages apiece, telling the complete story of the Incredible Hulk. And uh, around Christmas time comes the Treasury Edition of Hulk Grand Design with fluorescent ink on that cover. So that thing is going to stand out uh, a mile away. Now that we're done paying the bills, please support our comics. Let's get back to the video. Unless you read a lot of, uh, you know, DC comics of this era, you're not going to understand just how much of a standout this is. Those comics are their homework. They're boring as all fuck made by it's it's old guys trying to sit down and tell a little kid a story right. and, and, and just missing the mark and here's somebody of their generation coming in and showing you how it's done there's so much fun now you have an affinity towards pretty old pop culture and we've established that you're uh, way older than me yeah a, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so so uh 66 i guess you know the batman show is out is Green Lantern, I mean, Green Hornet and Kato happening? Because, like, this is Karate Kid, and I feel like it would make sense for for a kid to latch on to karate. And, but where would he latch yeah. on to that? Would it be Kato uh, yeah, in 66? I, 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 that's a great question. I mean, I, I, I think it is there. Like, and I, th- and I think, uh, you know, James Bond, you know, Judo Chop. You know, James Bond would say, you know, and, 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 uh, and Austin Powers would repeat. And isn't there a little karate in uh, Manchurian Candidate? Yes. Yeah, it's like slow motion karate. It's so funny seeing like early karate in movies because it's slow motion in, in <laughs> right. Hollywood movies. Because, uh, I mean, the outfit certainly doesn't communicate anything to do with the martial arts at all. I mean, it uh, may be colored differently. I mean, it does have sort of a V-neck similar to a gi. He has a black belt. You know, if, if it were all white, it would it would read a lot closer. And I guess Marshall, in terms of the planet Mars, it is a red planet. But now, now, now we're taking leaps of logic. So, so young Jim Shooter, imagine being a 14-year-old, drawing comics on a piece of typing paper, and having professionally produced... It's kind of like... Yeah. Y- you see these memes of, like... Uh, a little kid drawing a, a, a sketch and then their dad doing like the final, like a painting or something like that. Like this kid got to do this every month. Yeah. That was, and maybe a couple of times a month. That was the conceit of Axe Cop of like yeah. an older brother and a younger brother. And you know. Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. We get such a great cover. 
letting us know that uh, the cliffhanger of this thing, man, that one of them is a traitor. Yeah. And we are being introduced to four new characters. This is the part of the video where if Jim was here, he would be talking about the bursting of ideas that a young mm -hmm. creator has when they, when they first get their shot. And the very first comic that Jim Shooter is professionally commissioned to do, he's, he's, he's giving DC four, four characters. And this is what I love about like great superhero comics is sort of the idea that anything could happen at any moment. Anybody could be introduced. And, and so often that's just an illusion. It doesn't happen. But you have this kid come in part of your job is coming up with new stuff and and he's delivering like right off the bat he's this is like the beginning of you know jim shooters building like this ex expanded universe of, of of legion of superheroes doesn't this look like a jaime hernandez yes. character yeah i mean I'm, I, this this um legion I, I feel it, especially like when, when they started doing kind of like, when uh, Jaime started doing kind of like superhero stuff in Love and Rockets. Like yeah. it, it, it feels like this is, yeah, right in right in line with that aesthetic. And um, all of, like all of these characters kind of like um, go on to, you know, bigger and better things, you know, after this. Great kid-like names, Princess Prodrectra. And what's happening here is we got four potential mm -hmm. Team members. Bouncing Boy is out. He he's on he's on the Atkins diet, or there's some reason why he can't participate. Star Boy is gone, so we need some some fresh blood in in the Legion. So we're gonna get introduced to these characters and take a couple of pages to show you yeah, their powers. Their powers. Yeah. Um, let me see these roughs, please. Yes. Where yeah. are these things? Can we please have these things in a print edition? This is fantastic. It, it looks like. In some ways, it looks like the compositions might have been completely used yes. with just a because like that is, yeah, and and like you know like I love a two panel yeah page and you never and you got that it. in yeah. DC Comics yeah. for sure, uh, Nemesis Kid. I forget, you know, because this is a two parter. We know we don't find right. out who, but I I forget who it is exactly who's the culprit or what or what the thing is, but. I mean, Nemesis Kid, I don't really... Like, I know these other ones from later comics. I don't really know him. So I'm guessing it's him. But yeah, <laughs> Nemesis is a bad word. Yeah. Like, yeah you, exactly. don't, you don't want somebody in your team who's named yeah. Nemesis. Always so funny when these very clip arty Church of the Subgenius Bob Dog <laughs> fucking artists have to draw anything sort of alien because it's sort of uncanny. It's just the regular stamped out face. Yeah, it's, he it's, flips this it's face. this boy's yeah. face. But give him a bald head, some pointy ears, and a couple of antennas on the head. Mm -hmm. You would see that when, um, like, the old jobbers would draw, like, Thundercats or something. Yeah. It would be just, like, a regular face with Lion-O's hair. The, the demonstrations of powers are interesting. And, and again, like, we're, we're seeing, you know, like, stuff that's kind of out of... You're not a, you're you're getting you know Kurt Swan or whoever drawing it, but it, it's it's not the kind of stuff he usually draws. Like, it, and it does you know uh shooters he's a marvel kid he's bringing like a marvel energy to stodgy dc comics right doesn't that almost feel like uh, dave gibbons piece yeah of art right there that's pharaoh lad yeah pharaoh lad you know has an interesting place in, in the legion of superheroes and it's also like you could see a guy who's like 14 a kid who's like 14 or whatever coming up with because it, it's like he just learned about the periodic table of elements absolutely you know? <laughs> and like you don't even say the word ferrous metal like unless you're some kind of scientist outside of a sixth grade class yeah. or unless you're reading uh, writing uh, magneto 
Now, now this is the really fun part is we have Karate Kid, you know, great name. Um, and he comes in. Uh, I, I love the shadow. I love these things where you have like a, sh a shadow part of the, the yeah, composition. Yeah, there was a good piece of that with the feral lad right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that whole thing of like a bunch of, you know, the, this sort of council looking down on somebody. It's an established part of, of Legion of Superhero iconography. It's there from like their first, the cover of their first appearance. But like, it's Karate Kid challenges Superboy to a fight. Yeah, and Superboy's like, I'll fucking wreck you, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he does, Superboy holds back a little, but he realizes it's like way more of a fight than he could have ever imagined. Yeah, I mean, this guy know. has some chops. And, and he doesn't, like, you know, crack his knuckles on Superboy's chest. Like, this dude is a tough motherfucker, even though he does wear a skirt. He uses your energy against you. So Superboy's coming out with that super power energy, and, and so it, it's, it's, it's going right back on him. And we get, like, an extended fight scene. Another thing you wouldn't... Like, another thing you'd see in a Marvel comic, but you wouldn't see in a DC comic of the, this era. Yeah, they would say... Gil Kane said when he was doing his uh, Green Lantern comics, uh, around this time and a little bit earlier, you get one punch in a Green Lantern story. You get one punch. Uh, we got to establish that Karate Kid can uh, chop through steel beams. Very yeah, important. And so here's the man of... Or the boy of steel. Uh, maybe he can chop through him, too. Uh, you know, another thing I learned recently is at DC around this time, there was a prohibition against perspective, exaggerated perspective. So all that stuff, like the coming at you kind of stuff that we love in comics and is all over Marvel, the artists weren't allowed to do that. Let's just have no fun, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> in exactly. Like, that's the thing I've learned studying the history of comics is there's all this whole structure set in place to make sure that nothing cool ever comes out of this company. I got yeah. I got commissioned, you know, I, I signed an NDA, so I can't can't say the name or anything, but this is years ago while I was working on uh, Hip Hop Family Tree, like at the earliest iteration of that, where a very prominent publisher was established from the outside. They are no longer around, uh, but they wanted me to write comics for them. And there were mandates about... Uh, there had to be six panels per page, no less than six panels per page. And that was like built into like the agreements at the very beginning. And I just completely went, went against, I, I, I just could not participate in that. If you're going to tell me how many panels are required to make a story for you, it, it we're in different businesses. Yeah. We're in completely different businesses. You have some idea about what you want to do and that, that I am not privy to. I have no idea and have no interest in. I, I mean, like, you, as a reader, you always wonder, like, why aren't comics as cool as they could be? Yeah. They could be so cool. Why aren't... And it's like, we've learned the answer. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, you know, through ourselves, like, there's the chilling effect that could happen where, you know, these guys, they get their page rate. Mm -hmm. And say they draw something where they're stretching a little bit. Now they have to redraw, potentially. Uh, so they're just hedging against having to redraw stuff or redo work that has already been paid for, that they will not be paid for to amend. Uh, don't, t I mean, you want to see the, you want to see the gym shooter drawing of this. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to see the, and I've seen a few of the gym shooter hand-drawn pages, but I want the complete stuff. Absolutely. Where, uh, do you remember where you could have seen it? Was it just online or it, something? Um, it was online, but it was, I, I think I've seen some in print in like, um, 
one of those like tomorrow's publications right. you know it, it, showing up in there and I, but I, I i want the complete thing you know yeah so we established these four new potential legionnaires uh they all pass with flying colors and it ends with karate kid getting his uh his due he gets accepted into the legion jim shooter said in an interview and i never investigated it and jim shooter does create his own legend so i don't know if yes, it's there right but he said that there is a thank you or a shout out to him at the in the credits of the karate kid movie the ralph macchio that's hilarious yeah i wonder if that's i mean it, it is kind of like i learned about the ralph macchio karate kid first of course right. and then started getting his comics and wait there's a karate kid here obviously it's a copy of ralph macchio and then you find out no he's from the 60s what's going on why isn't there like a netflix you know dc karate kid show you know right. instead of cobra kai <laughs> maybe that's why it's called cobra kai and not karate kid i don't know but so then this whole setup this whole thing that happens is something i haven't seen in a you know non-gym shooter dc comic uh prior to this explain but is so so much like a thing you see in in film to this day too this is like uh the 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 first jj abrams star trek or whatever where you have these raw recruits they're introduced and then now all of a sudden there's a real attack going on you know and we got to send these raw recruits to deal with you know this attack on the school or attack on the base or like we've seen it a million times but not in a comic you right. know un until this not we're not not in a dc comic we have this guy, this Kublai Khan fella, Garlic. Garlic. <laughs> That's a great pronunciation. Yeah, Garlic, Warlord of Kund. And he has a, and watch out, Superboy, because I have a supply of kryptonite weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's great, right? It's yeah. total kid logic. Yeah, Because you got to think it through, man. Like, mm -hmm. you always have, this is, this is like the strongest link in the chain, so you always have to figure out how to disassemble this dude. Yeah, and it's um, it's evocative. You're kind of picturing, oh, what's that look like? It's not like, oh, we have a rock of kryptonite. It's like, you know, we got maybe some kryptonite laser guns, kry <laughs> right. kryptonite nunchucks or something. <laughs> got our new uh, legionnaires sprinkled throughout as we show up to uh, take care of this. Another one of those inc uncanny pieces. Like, just so uncool looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, this is when the grown-ups are in charge. You yeah. Know, this guy's well-established, you know, uh, chameleon boy. Or chameleon kid and yet we just get some cool act like cool action sequences were just not not part of the vocabulary of, of dc comics at that time yeah a lot of walking around yeah a lot of uh people standing perfectly straight looking each other in the eye saying things and then you know maybe the action is somebody jumping out of a birthday cake <laughs> Up to this point, you're totally forgetting about like this whole traitor mess. Is like, is mm -hmm. it just another one of those DC covers where it's right, like, like a, a Mort Weisinger kind of like gimmick? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because uh, we certainly aren't dealing with any of that on any of these pages until basically the last what two pages, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a whole thing of like we were sabotage. Like, yes, there was some tricks played on us. And we need to get to the bottom of this. Karate Kid is there. They're thinking he's kayfabe in an injury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like uh, Mission Impossible, like the first Tom Cruise one, where it's like, okay, something went wrong with this mission, and you're the only guy left, so maybe it's you. you know? Right. And here's the steel door that has absolute handprints on yeah. it. And we established that karate kid can do some things with steel mm -hmm. yeah and his hand with his bare hands so it ain't looking good for him yeah at all and uh the way this thing ends 
they're all but convinced that he's the guy, mm-hmm. but they're no selling it to him and just letting him continue to do FEMA work while they're uh, suspicious of him. And uh, as a reading experience, I want to read the next one. Yeah, me too. I, and again, like I've read these before. I forget. I for, you know, I'm thinking we re- maybe we it's Nemesis Kid. Yeah, and, uh, but I forget how it all plays out. It's, you know, you get caught up in the moment. The statement of ownership stuff is uh, such a good piece of comics history to like sort of let you know where things are yeah. at. And it also is a direct, you know, numbers don't lie. And it is a direct indicator of sort of the faulty nature of the newsstand distribution mm-hmm. system and how almost anybody can see it as a business model. Like if you have some alternative uh, that doesn't involve pulping hundreds of thousands of comics like of course they would move in that direction and it's all spelled out i'm not exactly sure why they would do this stuff uh the first thought that i have in mind is for accurate accounting for for ad revenue mm-hmm. you yeah know, like, a, sense, like a cost yeah. per click kind of thing mm-hmm. like these are you know we're not kayfabing numbers here right. like you are sending this like this is there's some legal yeah there must be some deal well, you know the, the way like um you know uh like film revenues are public, but then, you know, Netflix views are, you know, secret. Right, right. Uh, But let's see, total number of copies printed. Uh, We'll do the single issue nearest to the filing date. 788,000 copies of Adventure Comics, the last issue Mm -hmm. uh, as of this day, so probably four issues prior to this. Almost a million copies. Paid circulation and uh, mail subscriptions would be 510,521. Uh, there was some free distro, 142. Uh, that's like file copies. Right, And yeah. whatever Your comp list or something. Yeah, your comp list and, and maybe uh, who knows what the heck. Yeah, but are, are they sending them to reviewers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. Like maybe, maybe one to, I don't know, the Library of Congress. So you're dealing with... Uh, Comics that are that are actually being circulated, five hundred ten thousand six hundred sixty three copies of seven hundred eighty eight thousand copies of of the sort of net uh, total print run. They are pulping two hundred seventy seven thousand three hundred thirty seven copies. They are these are the copies that are unaccounted for, uh, very spoiled or uh, left over. These are the the comics that would be sent back. These are the ones that you and I buy with the top masthead cut off that was uh, sent back for for receipt. Um, They're unaccounted for, and the publisher made no money on those. Zero money on 277,000 copies. That is a hefty Yeah, that's that's some overhead, yeah. Absolutely, man. Uh, But, you know, it all leads to the total copies being 788,000. You have to print up in order to sell 510 thousand copies Mm -hmm. so of course when something like the direct market comes along it's a very attractive idea to know that uh you have orders for one hundred thousand uh you can estimate that there might be some extra sales from people who just see it on the rack so maybe you print up hundred twenty thousand or something and uh all that's left over is uh not your problem it um like looking at comics history every time things are on like an upswing then something kind of comes along to to you know fuck it up so you'd have like you know um 
uh, the the uh, over hearings yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but like it was like the '60s. You kind of had this upwind uh, from like the, the Batman, Batman TV, TV show. show yeah. uh, the the Marvel Marvel's kind of like grassroots kind of thing, kind of pushing stuff up. But that doesn't last long. It's you know by the end of the '60s, that's that that's deflating too. It, it's markets. Mar- yeah. Markets have have their cycles mm-hmm. and ebbs and flows. But uh, nearly a million copies of Adventure Comics. So what is the big stuff doing? Right. Uh, there is also Bob Beerbaum. Uh, if you follow him on Facebook, old old time retailer, one of the first. You know, like around you know Blood Bud Plant era, all that shit. He he. I don't know where he finds this stuff, but he has numbers for for uh, distribution of '60s comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's almost zero Marvel on that. Yeah. On that list, mm-hmm. it's Dell, lots of DC. Mm-hmm. It's you know like the John Bugs Stanley Bunny stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little Lulu comics and and, and the, the Donald Duck stuff, but there might be in say of twenty five comics, maybe tw- the twenty four highest is is like uh, Amazing Spider Man one mm-hmm. time, and that's the only Marvel comic on that's the list. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they were they were such a schlock house and show, so coming from nothing yeah. that like the fact that they were they were getting something going, you know, seemed like a, a revolution. I I was watching an episode of um, You Betcha Life with Groucho from yeah. like the fifties, and one of the contestants was a guy who made comics, and he's like, "Oh, are you involved in those you know nasty co- you know those those bad comics that are ruining the world?" You know, as this stuff is c- currently going on like in the fifties. And he's like, oh no no, we make uh, you know we make Porky Pig and uh, you know Sylvester and Tweety and things like that. No, nothing like that. Our our comics are wholesome, you know, good entertainment <laughs> for the kids. That's super funny, man. Uh, so there it is, man. Jim Shooter's first professional comic, age fourteen, as a writer. Uh, tremendous reading experience, certainly compared to almost any other DC comic well, I that think, you could read at the time. I think of like you know the the greats of this era like, you know, like a Ditko or a Kirby or something, I think that those guys have, like, there's a part of their inner child or what, you know, there's there's like that kid inside of them that can kind of come out and, and take control of these things. And that's why this, this work is akin to their work, where it's not akin to those guys at DC who, like, sold their souls years and years right. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun to look at, man, and tremendously inspiring yeah. uh, in, in more ways than one to uh, have heard the story of a young Jim Shooter yeah. at age 14. You know, I, I read that legend when I was 12 years old mm-hmm. uh, and just as satisfying and fun fun to actually get a couple of these and to read. This is actually sent in by a kayfaber, man. So oh, cool. once, once again, that's not what cartoonist kayfabe could do for you. Ask what you could do for cartoonist kayfabe. And uh, somebody out there, they, they really appreciated the uh, initial Jim Shooter yeah. video that we did. And uh, Homeboy sent us about a dozen uh, Jim Shooter Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. comics that, you know, we, we traded amongst uh, the mm-hmm. three of us. And this stuff ends up being uh, being an episode of the show. Uh, super fun to look at. Um, without further ado, Tom, we'll let him know what you what you have out there, man, and we'll get the show on the road. Yeah, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, Fantastic Four Grand Design, American Barbarian, Satan Soldier. Uh, you can check out a bunch of my uh, comics uh, in in PDF form at uh, Patreon. Go to patreon.com, search Tom Scholey, and I have a YouTube channel called Total Recall Show.
Red Room Trigger Warnings, uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. The trade paperback is hitting the stand September 2022. Please support it in a big, bad way in the same way that you did the Anti-Social Network trade paperback. Uh, you can get hold of my comics at my link tree in the description below this video. You can... Uh, you can read the comics today on my Patreon. Three bucks get you the archive. Nearly 300 pages worth of material is up there as we speak. And I'm serializing strips that are not going to see a print edition until 2023. Hit up that link tree. Also, when you take a look at the description of our video, you can uh, find links to our uh, spread shop where you can get your hands on Cartoonist Kayfabe merchandise, which also helps support the channel. Without further ado, Jimmy's not here. Tom, give him the marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.